Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. But it's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain. This is Dan Hammond. Calling in from Carlsbad, California. This is your third appearance, I think. So I think I think right now you're out, you're at the record three <laughs> three uh, appearances. That's because I wear so many hats. You do wear a lot of hats. And what hat are you wearing today on this show? <laughs> uh, today uh, we're we're talking about uh, Shades of Grey. So I was a an assistant designer on this set. So yes, today is. Shades of Grey announcement day. Those of you that, well, not when we're recording this, but when you're listening to this, the Shades of Grey set, the next virtual expansion for first edition, will have been announced. And uh, Jason Robinette, our lead designer, is supposed to join us, but he is getting the crap kicked out of him by some sort of virus. And my guess is he fell asleep. If he wakes up, we will bring him in the call. But uh, he... I'm sure he'd want me to pass along his regrets, and we will get him on the show in the future uh, so you can hear what he's got to say about 1E design in general. But the design team was Jason and Dan, and I helped a little, so which will be coming more and more infrequent as we move forward. Uh, anyway, Shades of Grey, expansion number three. Uh, common question, why would we name an uh, expansion after such a terrible terrible episode it, it, it's it kind of came out of we didn't go into designing the set thinking okay shades of gray that was a great episode it had all these flashbacks for what happened was after throwing out a bunch of these cards and some of them were starting to get story and we got a lot of pictures we found that a lot of the cards were by design from uh next generation episodes and not always the best next generation next generation episodes, and it seemed like the set itself was flashing back to a lot of premiere cards, AU cards, Cupertinian cards as a goal, and just the idea of the, the episode looked back at all the previous episodes, and this set looked back at, at those first few sets that came out, and it as, as bad as bad memories as it brings up, it it just fits really well. Right. So you you mentioned. The Premier AU Q Continuum area, which we we have nicknamed the PAC, the PAQ. Um, it's not coincidence that there's so much stuff from those episodes in here, is it? No, we we designed this set with the goal in mind of a, a lot of players coming back to the game had Premier cards, AU cards, and Q Continuum cards, and then since there was that that long gap between First Contact. Um, that's what people had. Even if you were just a collector, you got a lot of that. And it really, that's that's still stuff that's a lot of it, still available. Those are the things you get in your OTSD packs. 
um, things that you can get pretty cheap online. So it's a good place to pick up new players. So a lot of the cards, the dilemmas, the events, personnel, a lot of callbacks to just old, old game mechanics, old game personnel, old, old dilemmas that may not have done very much, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and what, we did a lot of market research and especially Jeremy Commander, who was the, the one E director a couple of years ago now, um, did a lot of research and, and there are a number of points where a lot of people dropped off the game. And, you know, those of you who don't remember or don't know, there was a year wait between Premiere and Alternate Universe. And it was almost a year wait between Alternate Universe and Q Continuum. There was, again, like, wasn't it almost another year between Q and First Contact and when it finally started being regular? Yeah, I fit that mold pretty well because I played Premiere uh, in what the White Border set had just come out, so the Alpha White Border. We, we picked that up and played and played and played. And then Alternate Universe came out, and we bought boxes and boxes and boxes and pulled a future enterprise. But uh, and then we stopped, and I never purchased any Q Continuum. I didn't purchase any First Contact until until it was already out, and we saw people playing it, and we jumped back in. And at that point, I went back, and uh, there was a comic book store. I think it was up uh, in Pleasanton or Livermore, up in Northern California that had a box of Q-Continue up on the shelf that had been sitting there for about a year more. And I said, hey, I'll give you, you know, 20 bucks for what's left in that box. And, and they, they did it. So that was the start of my Q-Continue collection. And I think I traded for the rest. But, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of people who say, you know, that these are the cards I've got. I can't do anything because I can't compete with the more recent cards. And that, that's a perfect, a perfect target audience. Right. And, you know, so a lot of people have a lot of these cards, and as Dan said, they're very cheap. And that was one thing we kept hearing last year at Gen Con doing demos. It's like, I used to play, and I bought a bunch of it, but then, you know, I never heard anything more about the game, so I still have all the cards at home. And that became the inspiration behind this third expansion, which was, let's make a set that caters to people who only have pack cards. So that with a bunch of old cards and these virtual cards, you can build a semi-competitive to competitive deck. Um, you know, and another another place a lot of people dropped off was First Contact because they didn't like the rules changes. And then the last major drop-off was Voyager because people didn't like the escalation and then it sort of declined from there. But um, So we've even, even in this set, we've thrown a nod at First Contact players, people who bought First Contact and, and didn't play after that. But the the, the number one goal here was enabling people who only have early era cards or people who want to get into 1E and don't have a lot of money to spend. Because you can go get a case of Premiere for a pittance at, at yeah. several retailers. And AU is not much more expensive, and I think Q is even cheaper. Um, you can get those cards and combine it with the virtual cards, especially Homefront and now Shades of Grey, and... Do pretty good at a tournament. You may not, you know, rack up four and wins or win worlds, but if you get into the game and start having fun, then you can start trading for those other cards that from later sets that you want that make your decks better. So, um, you know, the number one goal here was to 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 get those players able to get back into the game with what they had and use the virtual cards. Yeah, it's a great it's a great starting point. 
for teaching the game or you know you can give somebody a starter deck and say okay well take a look at this dilemma it, it's not so great but when you combine it with this now you've got something now you've got something that's that's uh, that will it will you know inspire fear in in, uh, in a top level player absolutely now there's there's draw engines there's there's a lot of good stuff there's a lot of stuff that you'd need if all you had was pack cards to compete with modern players yeah the draw engine especially mm-hmm. um now and then combine that with some of the reprints and things we have scheduled for later in 2011 and and it's you're going to be sitting pretty by by christmas uh, playing on a top level so the other thing that this sort of does is, is puts a a, a a nice bow on our first block quote unquote of virtual expansions you know we, we had we had life from lifelessness which wasn't the first virtual cards that were put out but it was the first real virtual expansion um, which had a little bit of something for everybody and then followed that up with straight and steady which was getting starfleet to where it should have been from the beginning and then now we're sort of finishing that starfleet sandwich with another here's a little bit of something for everybody type expansion too wouldn't, wouldn't you agree yeah there's 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 a lot more different things for different people in this set thing than the last one it's a lot less focused um yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it there's there's a lot more categories for cards to go in so i mean you've got follow-up cards from decks and straight and steady i mean there's a 22 romulan and there's two 22 klingons and a couple starfleet cards there are um it, it's a good set it, there and another thing that we're doing here which we, we hint at in the release article and we'll get into in a couple weeks is uh closing some broken links that we open that we opened on purpose mostly <laughs> yeah i mean we we, I, we don't close all of them and i think we open one or two more to be honest but several cards that are referenced on our virtual cards get uh added to the game you know uh I know you spoiled one in in section thirty one. That's week. right. The uh, Federation flagship renewed from record. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Mon Neve is in here from Ontok. Um, a couple converted cards that are downloaded are in here. We give the uh, how do you pronounce the name of that augment chip? Oh, the um, um, I don't have it in front of me. Noob Quab or something. Oh, the, yeah. The 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 Gnook Doc Bling Doc. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it get, it gets a captain, a Klingon captain. So uh, we closed some broken links, which is cool. So what what's the shining star of this expansion, in your opinion? Well, the the cycle of events that is that the right term I'm using in the cycle, the cycle of events that help dilemmas. Um, the the I don't know how much how much stuff are we spoiling here. Well, um, the one that got shown off today is uh, all-consuming evil. Yeah. So the the one that helps out all the Armist cards. We've got a new Armist card in this set. Uh, two, one or two. There are two new Armist dilemmas. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. All-consuming all evil is up on the website, so you can check it out. Look okay. at the look at the one e card, not the two e card. Um, there are. The, well, I'll go ahead and say this. Next week there are four. There are actually four cards. From Shades of Grey in here. Yeah, so there actually are Shades of Grey cards in here, and, and not the yes. flashbacks. They're not, the, they're not from the clips. They're from the actual... <laughs> the actual flame story. That yeah. uh, are similar 
to what All Consuming Evil does. And, and that's the fir first, there, there are really two new dilemma mechanics in this expansion. Uh, the first one is what you see on All Consuming Evil. It, it, it's a card that does something to other dilemmas just by having the card in play. Um, the other set, well, anyway, the Shades of Grey dilemmas, the, the cards, they'll come up uh, next week. You'll see them next week. We'll have an article up with it. But what? how did that idea come up? Was that something that you've been playing with? Or was that just tell us how that got designed and how it got tested and how it ended up where it is? I mean, it's going to be tough because people haven't seen it until next week. But sure. look well, at all-consuming evil. That's a baseline. Here, here's, here's the problem. Armus, the, the dilemma back in Premiere, was awesome. It killed somebody. And there's no way, well, there's very few ways of getting around it, right? As time went on, and more dilemmas killed something and did something, or was more targeted, or you know, let you let the player pick, like uh, a fast ship would be nice. It it kind of lost its appeal because it just became too generic, and just one kill, especially compared to a lot of the Voyager dilemmas and the you know the the, the later dilemmas, just just wasn't there. So the idea was to create uh, a card like. Uh, like this Armus skin of evil um, guy that that the all-consuming evil that that takes these other dilemmas and and makes them at least as good as recent dilemmas. I don't want to say that we're inflating the old things up to current levels, but we're making we're kind of adding some interesting effects to what they can do to entice players to put them back in their decks and to go back and, and look at some cards that you just have not played with in ever. Like, uh, yeah. Right, and, and I, I will say that the, the doubling of, of Armist Dilemmas that you see on All-Consuming Evil is, is really the tip of the iceberg. You know, yes. that's that's probably the simplest and, and least interesting thing that, that these do, and it, like you said, it turns Armist Skim of Evil into, you know, one dilemma kills two people, no... I mean, it's random selection. There are dilemmas that are better. You know, you got pancakes and, and all that yeah. kind of other stuff, but that's still pretty good. And if you don't have Devon and Neural Parasites or any of that other stuff, and you've got a couple of Armist Roulettes lying around, not Armist Roulette, sorry, uh, Armist Skin of Evil, Yeah, that's not bad, you know? And, and it's not bad. And Skin of Evil was, you know, Premier, Black Border, White Border, White Border Beta. It was Reflections. It was in the tin. There's a lot of those out there, so it's something you can get. I like to download after after you you know after someone's cleared it out, they send some people down. You, you pitch it, and now you've got a random kill. Um, that, that that's just good stuff. And the other the other events that have uh, similar in theme effects uh, all actually started out very similar to that, just doubling or 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 something like that. Uh, and it was uh, Jason who said, you know, I think we can do something more here. Let's let's spread out and see if we can add different effects to each one, and that, that worked pretty well. Um, one adds numbers, and one, uh, there's, a, there's a doubler, there's a, there's, there's a lot of interesting effects that you can do, and I'd, I'd hope to think this is something that we can do again in the future with other bad dilemmas. <laughs> Or, or little views dilemmas to make them more interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now, and the the the, the cycle of of shades of gray cards that that mess with dilemmas. It, it looks like there are 18 different dilemmas across them. That, yeah. That get enhanced one way or another 
just by using me. And, and, and trade a seed slot for a boost of your Dilemma Pile. And especially if you're playing Pack Era, you don't have a lot of seed cards, usually. Now, yep. I mean, in my experience, you know, you might have a, a outpost and a headquarters and a doorway, and that's it. So that leaves you, you know, a lot of slots for Dilemmas, and if you can spare a couple for ref cards and a couple for this, then, you know, you could build some fairly nice, tricky... And there's some... Some playtesters, they found some couple good, really good combos already out of these cards, and I'm sure that when they're released to the public in general, they'll find more that that yeah, were missed. So I like that. Uh, well, in OTF at least, you can play with two copies of Dilemma. I guess in Open, you can play with as many copies as you want. So it's not just trading one seed card to make a Dilemma better. You're trading a seed card to make a lot of Dilemmas better potentially. Um, and you can play with more than one of the events, or you can just focus on one because there's there's so many things that it that it enhances. Um, yeah, it, that, that's going to be fun to see what what rises to the top and what players mix and match with. There is a bit of thematic logic to them too, like that they, they're grouped in a logical manner. So mm-hmm. uh, one one of these events, you know, look look at all oh, consuming evil. You know, it affects all armist dilemmas. The other ones have have similar groupings to make make logical sense so you might need you won't you, you probably won't be needing to run all of them but you certainly could and that would really be interesting and i'd love to see it so yeah even if you chose you know if you get your six combos and three maybe four of them have one card listed on each of those that's spread out uh you know you don't know what's coming next it's it's that could be pretty good especially if you manage a four card combo with that that's almost like a five card combo because it makes them that much better yeah so the other dilemma mechanic, which is is hinted at on All Consuming Evil, but really shows up on uh, the Dyson Sphere door, and uh, a couple of the cards that we've spoiled. Plus, we're going to give you a spoiler here before we're done. Uh, is the the dilemma downloader? And you know there was a hint of this in the CRD, and I was surprised that nobody said anything about it. I guess they all sort of <laughs> chalked it up to Mister Tricorder, but. Um, yeah, you downloading dilemmas for your opponent to face. That's, that's new. What's, how did that come about? Very similar. We were looking for another way of getting old dilemmas functionality. Uh, a problem with a lot of the ones that uh, are referenced on these are it's tough to devote a single fleet slot to a dilemma that may or may not hit or, uh, it's either very specialized or that's just not worth a seed slot. But if you can combine them with some choice, um, one in particular lets you, uh, your, your opponent can't get past it until they have X, Y, or Z, and then you can go get one of the dilemmas that specifically target X, Y, and Z to, to hit it, to, to hit what they've got. That's kind of cool. I like that. Um, another one helps out, it's got a big theme to it, uh, to, a, to a couple, uh, most of them have a pretty, really good theme to them, but, one just lets you just send people everywhere if you've got enough stuff. <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to <laughs> give away too much. Well, that one, but, that the one you're talking about is yeah. from Monday. Uh, okay, good. The the one that we're going to spoil is is the loss. Oh right. Why, why don't we go ahead and I'll, we'll go ahead and spoil that. I'll I'll read it and then you can yeah. you can put that comment in context. So um, it's a dual dilemma. Uh, the picture is Troy grabbing her head in in agony. Uh, much like the audience would be for the remainder of that episode. Um, 
the lore says even the strongest minds have weaknesses. It's a it's a long dilemma. We'll, we'll touch on that in a bit, but uh, yes, to get past requires two empathy or two mind meld or two androids or integrity greater, greater than thirty eight. So so right off the bat, that's a wall that a lot of decks are going to have to pass on integrity. You know, not a lot of empathy, mind meld, and androids out there outside of specific decks. After you get past the wall, opponent may then download and seed here up to two of the following. Bendai Syndrome, Helpless, System-Wide Cascade Failure, or Two-Dimensional Creatures. So, yeah. And it's, so it's, this, is, this is exactly it, yeah. For the record, it's 8V. So, so basically, you, you hit a wall, and it, it requires funky skills. You need Empaths, or Vulcans, or robots, or really good honorable people. Then, then walk us through the second part of it. So once your opponent gets past that, they flash. Okay, I've got two empathy. Now I can download up to two of these cards: uh, Bendy Syndrome, Helpless, System Wide Cascade Failure, or Two Dimensional Creatures. In that case, if you showed me empathy, I'm getting the Two Dimensional Creatures because it'll it'll hit empathy. The problem with System Wide Cascade Failure, Two Dimensional Creatures. Um, and Bendy Syndrome is, if my opponent doesn't have Vulcans or Androids or, or Betazoids there or Empaths, they don't, just don't do anything. So this is a card that'll let you filter. It's kind of like a reverse filter. They show you what you've got, and then you can go in and hammer them. Um, and I think I think Helpless is kind of a, just a generic... Um, if you can't do anything else, if they pass because of the Integrity, you can throw a Helpless on there. That's uh, that's one of the backwards compatible cards. I think is that isn't that in this set? It's not a broken link, is it? No, we we converted it. It's in this set. Ah, so. <laughs> we, got, we got another spoiler then. Um, then it, it's very similar to its two E counterpart. Um, it's a so, little better. But yeah. So that's you know there are actually I'm I'm counting four dilemmas that do that 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 do something and then go download other dilemmas and um, one of them has been spoiled already. Uh, high rollers, uh, yes. Which is it's you know the casino royale stuff, and that actually became a whole little mini cycle because there's there's high rollers the dilemma. We made a new casino royale dilemma, uh, because one of them there's two in AU, but then one of them came way later in tribbles, I think. Um, yeah. So well, one of those, but now you can play three of them in the pack with the virtual cards. Uh, there's a mission, and then there's a support event that lets you. Uh, play the Royal Casino Dilemmas without getting screwed by writ of accountability. So, yes. And kudos to our playtesters for catching that. Otherwise, we would have, you know, put out cards that don't work. Go <laughs> one uh, Yeah. So, really some interesting Dilemma mechanics here. How... Oh, and and the, the centerpiece of it is the Dyson Sphere Door, which, aside from looking outstanding, uh, has an outstanding AI that will be in our release kits. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm forward to that. Yeah, and... In a new side deck. What? How did that come about? It, it was a big decision, and there was some debate about whether or not we wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, make a new side deck. Really, there's a lot of side decks already. You got your triples, you got your Q, you got your tent, and uh, eventually we decided that we wanted to make a place for your dilemmas that you can download from, and that's really that's really what it is. You you can put dilemmas. That you're going to download with the downloaders here. You can also put things here that you might want to throw under your opponent's Embognor or 
Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe if Q's planet comes back in the future, you can get him from here. Um, or if you're running someone like uh, Kiera or Tierna, the, uh, the, the, the guy who special downloads uh, Kazon Bomb, you know, you don't need to put him in your tent anymore, and you can throw him in here. There was a lot of... I remember back during the pack era playing with a lot of dilemmas in my tent because I didn't want my opponent to have an easy artifact at Q's planet. And if that comes back, and with all these dilemmas that are going to be downloaded, we, need, we needed to have a place to put them. And it made sense to... It made sense to break that rule of no more side decks um, to, to, to give players an easy place. Because really, if you don't put them here, you're either going to put them in your tent, or if there's no room in your tent, you're going to put them in your draw deck. And that means players are going to be spending an awful lot of time searching for things, downloading, when they could just pull it out of here a lot quicker and a lot easier. Uh, so hopefully this would speed up the game a little bit. And I think the reality of it was... If you put if we, we we had you put them in your Q's tent or your deck, they would just not get used. Because mm, you know yeah. if you have dilemmas in your draw deck and you draw them, they're dead. You know yeah. they're, they're they're dead cards. And I know I have trouble coming up with just thirteen cards to put in most of my Q's tent, and it's like oh man, you know. And now I don't want to have to worry about cutting more cards from my Q's tent to use these. You yes. know, and it's it's not that we're gonna keep making side decks and keep making side decks. That there's certainly no desire to have, you know, 15 side decks in the game. That's not good for the game either, but, but this one makes sense. But let me let me talk about the elephant in the room. And I, I just know that somebody out there on the forums is going to say, "Was it, is this a nefarious plot to make 1E like 2E, or is this different? No. Obviously, 2E copied 1E's Q's uh, side deck, Q-flash side deck, and that's where the dilemma file came from. So, if anything, um, no, that was, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is not a side deck. You, you're never going to be drawing dilemmas from your pile to play on your opponent's personnel. This is just a convenient place to put things because it's easier to clean up, and one he has a lot of different cards that go everywhere. It's very thematic. Absolutely, and, and you know, if Mpoknor starts plaguing you, you can stick it to him with. Uh... Throwing a couple extra dilemmas in here now. Yeah. Oh, there's one other thing this does. I thought that was important is that it lets you seed AU dilemmas. Um, a lot of people use some of the later, one of the later doorways. I think it's a temporal micro wormhole that lets you play AU cards, but doesn't actually let you seed them. So, it you, you to do that, you'd have to also seed a AU door. Now, if you're not playing with a lot of AU personnel, you could just put this down. And use your temporal micro wormhole for mixing, right? And and use this to get your your AU dilemmas in because there's a, there's a couple yeah. that are in in home front that are printable and a couple a lot of them in straight and steady and, and so forth. I, I think we only have one in here, but uh, I see two so far. Oh, nope, you're right. There's two. I lied. The the, the two casino related ones are both AU. But. So we mentioned it earlier, but the loss uh, five lines for a dilemma. It is, is that something that's going to be the future here, or is this sort of an exception? We decided early on that if we were going to work with dilemmas and make interesting dilemmas that reference other dilemmas, it was going to get, well, ugly. Uh, some people do not like the aesthetic of four-line cards, 
they're not going to be happy with the five line cards we've got in here. But it is a necessary evil for the amount that we're trying to put on these dilemmas. Now, I, I know that I know that it was a lot of arm twisting to get Art to uh, <laughs> to agree with some of these, and really in one e there's just not a lot of five line cards. If you want five lines, you you put it on an incident or you special download it with something else. Um, we've got some four line cards that came out of uh, uh, the the last uh, Starfleet set, um, just because they were on events, but not on dilemmas. It it is. It is a little unsightly, I will say. It, it there is some part of my uh, my one e aesthetic that is offended by them, but on the other hand, they made it really cool and they fit together really well. And I do not think we will be seeing any four or five line cards in the next set. And I don't want anybody to freak out because you know there are still three line dilemmas. Um, there's a couple three-line nouns. Most of the personnel are two lines. You know, they're not using the big, ugly, extended. There's a couple that do, but... Um, and, and I think that sort of Jason and, and the assistant designers have, have committed to breaking this rule very infrequently moving forward. But I, I know I felt like the mechanical payoff, the, the cool factor of what was going on here, was worth it especially when you realize that this expansion, while it may have some ugly cards in it, uh, enables you know a, a large percentage of players to pick up the game and play competitively. And ultimately, some ugly cards are probably worth that, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I, we didn't break the mold on missions. We didn't break the mold on uh, facilities, although well, we were tempted to. Um, One of them the, was close. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> It was a fight, <laughs> but it fits. Um, you're right. There are two personnel that, that balloon up the three lines, but everyone else, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of game text in personnel boxes. There are a few, you know, special skills, but there's a lot more people who don't have any special skills. I think in this in this set than in the previous ones. Yeah, you know, we've got. Uh, well, there's, some... a, there's a really good rainbow of personnel in this set. Just scrolling through it. Oh yeah, there's you know a lot of every a lot. There's some universals. There's some uniques. I even see an enigma. Hint, hint. Yeah, um, yeah. I see 22 icons. I see AU icons. I see Delta Quadrant icons. Uh, I don't see any gammas. Oh, I see a mirror. Doesn't look like we're hitting up with the gammas, but they got a couple in Life from Lifelessness. So, um, yeah. there's a card type here that has not previously appeared in virtual format. Uh, yes, in one right. e, in one e, so we could have a triple, could have a trouble. Uh, sight. There's, I think there might be, it might be all of them. We've done all the others. Now we have a doorway. Yeah. So, well, I think door, we didn't do a doorway before, did we? So there's, you know, two, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the the draw engine that we've got here? That well, I see two of them side by side here, but. Ah, the, the kind of universal one. Um, it tested very well. It was... <laughs> Alright, this card will come out... You guys won't see this one for a while, so I feel like we're being really mean. But, um... It is... 
there are a lot of parallels between this and Ancestral Vision. Um, and Ancestral Vision is on the OTF ban list. So why, why would you make a card that's just as good as a banned card? Well, it, it's really not just as good as Ancestral Vision. It, in a way, it's, it's a lot like what I wish Ancestral Vision was from the beginning. A and maybe it's a model for Ancestral Vision coming back. I don't know. Um, it is a generically useful draw engine for anybody who's willing to run an Alpha Quadrant Planet mission. Uh, it does require a little bit of setup. But it gives you an extra card every turn, and and that's you know it combos with the Traveler, it combos with uh, another card that's coming in 2011. That's uh -huh. really cool, and I probably shouldn't have mentioned, but I'm not editing this. Um, you know, so I think it's good. It's trade a seed slot for draws, you know, and uh, the requirement isn't too terrible to get up and running. You can usually have it up and running on your first turn. Yeah, I agree. The, the Federation one that you spoiled is, is, is also, I like a lot. Um, it's only good in Fed decks, obviously, but Alpha Quadrant Feds are, are, uh, perennially poorly rated, and, um, uh, I'd love to see them get a little better. Not talking about OS Feds, mind you. Um. Yeah, I like that, uh, I like the design that you have to have your guys floating out where they can be attacked. Yeah. I think that, that that fits really well with with the draw engine that we've created here. You you have to be vulnerable, but you know if you're hanging out and doing your exploring, then someone can come out and, and hit you. But until then, you're drawing an extra card. I think that's great. I think it encourages interaction in a fun way. So, what is your favorite card in here to work? What what was your favorite card in here to work on as a designer? Ah, uh, I. Man, you're gonna, yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough. I liked, uh, one that got cut. <laughs> I really like that mission that we got, that cut, that kind of fit the theme of these other missions here, where you, you get, you kind of start off with something and, uh, but it was just too good, so hopefully it'll come back. I'm trying to remember liked, which one that was. What's that? I'm trying to remember cutting a mission. Yeah, it was the, uh, was it the was scan the mission? One. It was the Barash one. Oh, the Barash one, yeah. 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 That was good. That was, uh, that was probably too good. <laughs> I liked the Hollow program a lot. That that made me happy um, to finally get all those guys together, which seems like a, a broken link from Premiere that was never actually written as broken link. It's an implied broken link, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Jason's working on an article about those cards, so. Nice. Um yeah, and, and if you suss around through all the information out there, you might be able to find out what we're talking about. But yeah, the Hollow Program was fun. Um, my favorite card is the uh, the new facility that wasn't designed by the world champion. The, okay. The facility in a new color, so to speak. Um, yeah. It, it went through a lot of revisions, but I think it ultimately ended up in a good place, and I love using it in that deck that it's meant for, so I'm excited to see what people think about it. Um, yeah, and kudos to the art team for finding that image, too. Yeah, I fought pretty hard to get it in here. Um, I'm pretty glad that it made it there. No, so so what card uh, was just a pain in the butt to work on in your in your mind? Uh, was, uh, this, uh, 
this conversion of a card that's special downloaded by a ship we made in a previous set. Yeah. The, the, it used to be an interrupt, and it was just too good. And we tried making it not so good, and it was unplayable. And then we made it a good again, and I, I, I don't, I, I, well, what version was the last one? O? Did we go through O? Uh, P. We, we, we extended, yeah. yeah. I, and this one might have been changed every time. I don't know. Um, it, it went through a lot of changes. I, as you said, I think it ended up in an okay place. We'll see. Um, there's a lot of costs now that were never in the in the 2e version of the interrupt. Um, so hopefully that'll put a cap on abuse. It's still pretty good though. Um, I'll still put it in anytime I'm playing either Cardassian or a or a uh, or a Starfleet deck. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a very niche card and will probably be used only in those decks that can download it. Uh, it would be rough to play as a card play, yeah. It's um, it's interesting. Um, it was a, certainly a rough one. The the Maniv was a very rough one to get right too, and uh, that certainly went around the mountain before it came back to where it is now. And and it's interesting because it's one of these cards that this is not done by designers very often, but there is uh, there exists a set of cards that can be used with this card that are probably way better than they should be. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and we knew about it, and we didn't do anything about it. Um, yet, I will say. So. Well, uh, I'd say those cards have a countdown icon on them, and <laughs> their turn is rapidly approaching the end. Yeah, on, on the bright side, there's probably, uh, at least half the players out there that won't ever know those cards exist, so. Uh, yeah, there you go. Neat. Um, conversion wise, I, I, I think there is like less than nine in here, but I'm gonna do a quick count. What? What in your mind, you you know, you worked on a couple of sets now. What makes a good conversion card? What makes a good candidate for a card to be converted? The demand. I mean, if if it's something that people are using, then it's a good card to try to convert. I know we had we had a couple more that people just wanted, and we had to cut them because they just didn't make good twenty cards. And converting a card to something that's nothing like what it was before will no longer make it a conversion card. It's just a new card. Um, I think we 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 kind of filled a gap that was missing. Two two gaps that were missing. I see two two non-aligned personnel that, that fit really well with the previous previous set. Um, there's a couple. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up with this guy. He's he's uh he's good. He's he's something new for the Bajorans. But you know, uh, well, he ended up in there because uh, the one that was in there got pulled for a future project. That's right. Um, our backup. Well, he was our Thanks scrambling to find somebody that wouldn't require any <laughs> testing. Uh, yeah. I, I did a quick count, and there's nine conversions. So we actually, I think this is the first time we hit our golden ratio of yeah. 45 new and nine converted cards. And if I'm not mistaken, four are coming off the ban list with this release. That's that's excellent, and I know. I know it's not in your count, but I feel like there's one other, the uh, that the Armus Roulette is, it's just it's just almost a conversion. I mean, the first version wasn't that compatible, but it's very very similar. I like that. Yeah, and and you'll actually find that there are two cards in here that are sort of like that. That that we stole. Actually, there's three. We stole the name from a two E card, but 
it doesn't use the same picture. I don't know. If, I mean, we have a policy, which when we convert a card, it uses the same picture as the original. Yes. yes. Um, the 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 corollary to that policy that has now been set as stone is, when we use a name, it will not have the same picture. So, uh, Armis Roulette, for example, there's not a lot of diversity there, but it's not the same shot that's on the Tui still. And All Consuming Evil, other than being, I mean, it's, it's a different card type entirely, but it doesn't use the same image at all. So, uh, and the mission that shares the name doesn't right. use the same image either. So it, it it's, yeah. it's, you know, I know some people are like, why don't you do AIs for these? So I've heard from so many players over the years that, they don't read the card text. They they look at the image, and that triggers the association in their head of what the card does. Yeah, that's and true. while there are a lot of one e players that don't use backwards compatible cards, there are still a, there are a number of one e players that do. And in order to respect that type of you know image memory, uh, we we needed to use the same images, and then we don't want to screw it up by using the same images on different cards. So. There you go. If you were curious about our image policies, now you know. Yeah, I think I think w- w- with uh, with that Bajoran and this uh, this dilemma, I think uh, not not roulette uh, the other dilemma that's backwards compatible. I think they they kind of fell into place because they just fit well. But most of the other words we we went after and targeted. I think we started out with more. We had to cut a few, but um, you know the equipment, the the incident. I think and the interrupt here. Wait, is that is that interrupt on the ban list? I don't, think I, I don't think I counted the interrupt. Isn't that interrupt on the ban list? It should be. Yeah, so that's, that's another, <laughs> one, another one that's coming off, if it is. Yeah. Um, but well, even these personnel, um, that uh, that Fed guy was used a lot, possibly because, you know, it was being a backwards compatible card, it may be a little higher on the curve than it, could, than it should have been. And, you know, by converting it, Either we take it off the ban list, or we take something that was a little bit too good, like Driven from a, a set or two ago, and made it more in line with what a two E card should be. Uh, a a one E card that, should be. Yeah, sorry. Too much, too much one at once. <laughs> I would say that one of the one of the problems with backwards compatible cards and conversions is going back to what we talked about before. It takes a lot of lines to save on a one E card what a two E card does. So. We have two choices. We can either cut it down and make it either, you know, half of what the two E card was, or we can expand the text box a little bit and kind of fudge it. It looks like it looks like this interrupt is four lines. We might have been able to do that in three, but this captures a lot better what the interrupt should do. Uh, the personnel that I talked about, that Fed personnel, he's one of the two people that has three lines of text. It's just it's just hard to do a personnel because in two E you got full five six lines of text to do whatever you want there. Well, and in twenty you got nothing. I will say this too: if you look at a lot of those pack cards, and especially now that we're doing errata and stuff, the cipher cheated so much <laughs> to get these. Like, look at Klingon Death Yell. I mean, there is that font is you know thirty percent the size of every other font on every yeah. other. We don't do that, you know. I mean. I won't lie, there's a couple cards in here where the font's crunched a little bit, but that's simply to get it, you know, to line up nicely on a line, and it's not a significant difference. I mean, if you if you hold this non-aligned facility up, which was a pain in the butt to get on three lines, if you hold it up to another facility, 
there is clearly a type shrinkage. But, you know, we don't want to shrink the type down so small that you got to get a magnifier. I mean, we're getting old. Star Trek players are getting old. We're not going to have 2020 eyesight for much longer. Uh, it, it's, it's a tr you know, we made the decision. I'm certain that if we took this interrupt uh, and shrunk the text on it, we could have made it fit on three lines. But then it wouldn't, I don't think it would look as good. I think that would look worse than extending it to four lines. Just me, everybody's different, but um, no, I, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a middle ground. I know we had a conversation with one of our, our test groups, an extended conversation about what we should be doing with, you know, some of the events that are four lines. Maybe that should be an incident instead of an event. Um, I, 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 I think where I come down is if it's four lines, it's an event. If it's a fifth line, then go incident. Otherwise. You get a four-line event that just has so much empty space that you're either obligated to just make up something else and pin it to a card that you know maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, or you've got this big just empty space where you could have at least snuck a line or two of lore on there, and I think I would miss that. Yeah, and and I know the the one interrupt we were talking about earlier, that the downloadable one, it changed card types. Yeah. Simply because there was no way. To, to make it work on a four-line, even on a four-line interrupt box, no possible way. The, I mean, literally, the only way to make the card work and not be broken was with seven lines of game text. And and, and we didn't want to make a seven-line of game text interrupt. So we switched yeah. the card type, you know? So yeah. it's not the first time that's been done either, but, you know, it, it it in previous sets, we've released incidents with a bunch of blank space on it. And in this set, we went with a different aesthetic and released a four-line event. Maybe in three or four months, we'll put up an aesthetics poll. You know, here's this option, here's this option, and find out what the people like better. I mean, if there if the if there's a, a bunch of people out there who prefer it one way or the other, that's valuable information. If it, if it's split, like I mean, the design team and the rules team and all the one E volunteers were pretty much split down the middle on which way to go on these cards, and. So ultimately, we went with the one that required the least amount of work. Um, yeah, basically, like we the kept way, them the way they were, so we didn't have to redo them. Uh, the the events in particular that target the, uh, the the dilemmas, I if they were events, we would have lost the two lines of lore that tie them all together. I think that would have been I think that would have been missed. Yep, and I and I think especially with some of the plans that we have for that mechanic, and especially that that concept, that would have been missed a lot. You know, yeah, so. and you know we would have been tempted to fill out those extra two lines of, of game text with possibly nonsensical <laughs> card play. <laughs> you know, there's there's a point at which the reason that these things only have three lines, I, you know, I could be making this up, but it is to keep them simple. If if you put up a wall of text, then it can get just so hideously complex, and we. We will be returning to the simplicity of the three-line text box with the with the next uh, with the next go around. Unless you absolutely can't, you know. But it has become a stated design goal to try to stick to that as often as possible. And and if you can't make it work, try to go you know go back to square one. Only if something's really necessary will it be. Any four-line events going forward are going to get a lot of attention, a lot of scrutiny to make sure that they have to be that way, and they're necessary. Yes. So, all right. Anything, 
you know, this this set's coming out after one or two regionals, but before the bulk of them. If you had to pick a, uh, we'll be, we'll be talking about this next week in our one uh, E regional preview show, but if you had to pick a deck type that's going to shake up regional season, leaning on Shades of Grey cards, what would you pick? I'm looking at two incidents. One is the other Federation flagship incident that makes a new deck type, and I think there's going to be a lot of that. I don't know, I don't know if it's prime time, but I think it'll be a blast to play. Uh, I, I expect to see that a few times. And if I show up with my stop first contact, I will be very happy to see that on the other side of the table. But, <laughs> um, the other one is the, uh, is that, is that Klingon incident we were talking about that, that, uh, is possibly, possibly overpowered because of the cards that you can use with it. I, I think that would be fun to just blow up in the middle of a mission attempt and just go nuts. Um, I think people that have motion pictures are going to be digging for it to play in their decks. Um, makes me feel bad that it's not more widely available. Uh, hopefully we'll do something about that in the future, but um, Andreas, a.k.a. Ducat, who did his card, it's 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 a good card, and it opens yeah. up. It only not it makes a old deck easier, which is the whole theme for this expansion. But it it combos well with the new draw engine, and it I can see it being added to a lot of decks. I, I think Alpha Quadrant will be more prevalent in this year's season than than not, simply because people are going to want to play with these new toys. Um, Starfleet gets a nice boost here. Uh, I think the uh, Incident in in the file that has uh, Uhura on it is yeah. is going to be used in in a number of decks. I certainly, if I was going to play in a regional, I would be playing with that in it. I, I know exactly what deck I'd be using, and that would be a key feature of it. So, yeah, that's fun because we ripped away the abilities of those folks, and uh, we're giving them right back to you again in a different way. Uh, that that was a neat way of, of bringing it back in in a much more manageable format. Uh, I, I, I'd like to see the Ferengi team do something. Um, they're, they're just, there's plugged so many holes in Ferengi decks that I think, even if they're just splashed in, I think they, I think they work well together, but I think they can, uh, I, I think that'll be fun too. I'm not a Ferengi player though, so it's one of those things that people are going to play against me and I have to stop and read each card. Yeah, I, I, we knew that the Ferengi were good when everybody was crying about the fact that they weren't free reports, but they were playing them anyway. That's yeah. that's when you knew that they were good. So, and then we made it so that some of them are free. So, if you work for it, ultimately, I think this expansion is going to make all one E players pretty happy because it it has stuff for veteran players, it has stuff for new players, it has stuff for returning players. I really think we we hit the nail on the head with this one, and I'm excited to see what everybody out there thinks and does with it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to looking across my opponent during the seed phase and see how many of these events show up, uh, whether or not the new doorway, you know, is, is, is spent for, for downloaders. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to see. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I, I'm sorry that Jason couldn't make it guys. I know he was really looking forward to being on the show. I will do my best to get him on in the near future. Dan, thanks for, uh, stepping up and, uh, representing the shades of gray design team here. 
No problem. That's been a blast. Yeah, we will. There will be a uh, designer Q and A up in the gameplay one e section, so that you you guys can ask your questions of uh, Dan, Jason, and myself, and we will do our best to answer them. And check back every day between now and I forget the release date, uh, April fifteenth. Check back every day between now and April fifteenth for spoilers. And don't forget to grab the set on your way to. to actually, you can the. Uh, I'm going to screw that up a little bit. You can uh, print the set on your way to pay your taxes last minute in the U.S., April 15th. So. <laughs> Is that where you were going with that? No, well, that's what I was trying to get, but I screwed up the, <laughs> screwed up the setup. So, uh, Awesome. <laughs> so, um, do you have the cards in front of you? I do. Would you uh, give us the lost spoiler one more time in your dulcet tones? So, the loss. Yes. The loss is a dual dilemma with the next generation property logo. Let me see if I can zoom in so I can read it here. Uh, it has the shades of gray icon on the right side and no other icons. The lore is one line. It says, even the strongest minds have weaknesses. The game text is, to get past requires two empathy or two mind meld or two androids or integrity greater than 38. Period. Opponent may then download and seed here up to two of the following. Bendy Syndrome, Helpless, System-Wide Cascade Failure, or Two-Dimensional Creatures. The collector's information is 8V, as in Victor. Outstanding. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, Dan, sorry, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we thank you. And everybody out there, you enjoy speculating about Shades of Grey, and we will see you next week for our 1E regional preview show. Until then, live long and prosper. <laughs>